What's up, guys? I'm Meg. I'm Mimi. This is Direct Golden Hours. We talk about anything and everything. From gaming content to spooky, scary stories to what we ate for breakfast. Alrighty, so this podcast, we are going to carry on with a couple of the personal encounters, people's stories, if that makes any sense whatsoever. And then we're also going to be talking about um, the ghost of Marie Lavu. I think that's how you say it. We think that's how you say it. So we're going to run we're with it. Or we also just say Marie Lavu. That, that too. That one, <laughs> that, that one too. So. Oh, we, we're sure. Okay. We're on that today. I'm, a, I'm about it. I feel that. <laughs> I'm so, always on that. I'm always on that energy. <laughs> really? I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> So one of the one of the stories is uh it's titled The Unrest Stop. This one's kinda this one's Oh yeah, that one's that this one's, one's this one's odd. I'll it's put it that odd. way. Here we go. I was driving across country with my mom and sister when I was sixteen and my sister was twenty. It was late, but we were all well rested and still alert. Uh we were driving along an interstate and needed gas and a bathroom break break. So we stopped at the only rest stop in 200 miles. Yeah, Lee. There was a van full of teenagers on the road. On the road. What? There was a van full of teenagers on a road trip at the gas station, as well as a small gray car parked at the pump in front of us with two young men standing still outside of it. When we got there, everything felt wrong. We'd been on the road for days and seen many rest stops at night and had never been afraid until then. My mom and sister went inside and I stayed in the car. I heard the teenagers say that they were creeped out and couldn't get the pump to work and they left in a hurry. I was watching the car in front of us and the two men had not moved at all. Not an inch. They weren't talking. They weren't on the phones. They were just standing there still as stone. My sister and mom came running back to the car and when they got in, the two men slowly turned to look at us while not moving or pivoting the rest of their bodies. And I swear to freaking shite, we all saw the same thing. They had eyes dark as pitch and empty. Truly empty. Not black, not reflecting any light at all, just a void. We sped mm -hmm. out of there, didn't stop until we got to the next city. The worst thing about the entire experience, we couldn't find the place on the map, on any map. We knew exactly which spot on the interstate we, we, to look, and we couldn't find it on Google Maps or any paper map we had. We even asked locals about the creepy gas station uh, out on the stretch of road and got only confused looks. We've traveled on that interstate since, and there is no rest stop. Dun, dun, dun. That gave me the creeps. So, family is going on a road trip, stop at a rest stop, see these two guys with just voids as eyeballs, dip out of and there. And then a bunch of teenagers. Oh yeah, a bunch of teenagers get the same exact feeling, they dip, they peel out, then when you go back to look at it on your Google Maps or even a, a like a paper map, not a single thing is there. And then when you ask the locals about it, they, they're acting like the place doesn't exist. What do you That's do? That's so fucking weird. I, I freaked the fuck out and I, and I like, like saged the whole entire place. <laughs> Yo. I, oof. 
I, either that or I just never spot, speak about it and never talk about it again. Like, rules of Fight Club. Ever talk about Fight Club? Just mm-hmm. don't chat about it. Mm-hmm. Don't talk about it ever again. Mm-hmm. Just nah. <laughs> no, I feel that. Um, I feel like, that. Like, wait, no, we didn't see anything. No, we didn't talk about anything. I don't know. I don't know what I would do. I'd be like, if I look at them, am I going to get sucked into their eyeballs? Like, get away from me. Yeah, that's some. It that's some be, doctor. It could be like they're coming to mention. Yeah, Doctor Who shit. <laughs> doctor Who. That's some Doctor Who. Yeah. Oh nah. Oh nah. Hail to the master. this shit I'm out. Like, what even <laughs> is that? Like, what even is that a dream? Like, what even was that? You know. Could be. Could be a dream. I mean, I've had some weird fucking dreams. Like, I have some too and like i think i talked to you about this too like i have um you know there's a difference between being on the astral plane and like talking and asking questions and remember how i told you like don't ask questions in dreams and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. weird shit like that um <clears throat> i have some weird dreams like that i actually had a weird dream like that last night people were asking me questions did i answer them no Mm-mm. do i do i recall exactly being there yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so anywho, yeah no i don't do that at home no, thank you, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, no. No. The second one, in my opinion, is as equally... I, I, I don't know. The second one that we're going to talk about before we jump in to uh, the little lovely, lovely that you're going to be talking on. Um, This one's this one's creepy. I, I would probably have a panic attack on this one. It's uh, titled, It Came for Us in the Graveyard. And oh yeah, that I would, scary. dude. I would, I would pee. I would literally be pissing my pants. So here we go. We were driving my friend's really old, beat up Subaru. Shout out to Subarus. Uh, I have a Subaru. That's why I'm saying. It. Cars. Okay, <laughs> listen. Not all of us that drive them. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. We were driving my friend's really old, beat up Subaru through a massive graveyard. First of all, why? Anyways. We stopped and walked down a hill and came across a little pond. There was someone sitting on the on a rock on the other side of the pond. The figure was a tall was tall black. We couldn't make out any any features other than the fact that it looked like a man who was wearing some old styled top hat. We stupidly waved and shouted hi. He didn't show any acknowledgement and continued sitting on the rock. All of a sudden, he jumped to his feet, started running to us on the water, and vanished in thin air about halfway on the pond. My friends oh, and I screamed. Like to us. Yes, yes. Yeah, My friends yeah. and I screamed and ran back to the car. The car wouldn't start. And we heard something banging on the back of the car. It wasn't a constant bang, but every few seconds or so we'd hear it. Nobody was outside from what we could see in the dark. But something was making a noise on the car. I opened my phone and started dialing my mom to come and give us a boost, but I had no service. None of us had any cell service. The next 30 minutes, we were spent trying to get her car started. No banging was heard afterwards, but we felt this heavy pressure around us. Finally, the car started and she hit the pedal to the metal. We sped out of the graveyard so fast, immediately crossing the gates... All of our phones regained cell service. One thing I know for certain is that someone or something was out there and it was not an animal or a human. Mm, I would piss my pants and run away. <laughs> I no, I, I would not even at that point I would I would 
Like, all right, sorry, let's just run. The car is done. We're done. Let's go. <laughs> gotta go. Gotta go. Fam, gotta go. A... That car is already, already like, um, just the idea of the car. <laughs> yup. 30 minutes. Like... 30 minutes. Mm -mm. Sitting there trying mm -hmm. to jump the car. They, I could have been like... out of that graveyard. <laughs> I know. I'm all like, they must be way. <laughs> I could have been out. Ow! <clears throat> See, and that's like, and that's so funny too, because in my little town that I live, um, when I first first moved here, like I was, um, there's like a little graveyard in our town, and um, every single time I, pa I drive past it, I'm like, nope, I feel something there, something's bad, I'm not gonna go into it, and um, and unfortunately, like that's a lot of the places where like a lot of energy is because you know a lot of you know souls are you know buried in the ground there. So, you know, but yeah, no, I I I every single time I pass it, I look at it, and then I'm just like, no, gotta no, go, drive faster, gotta go. No. Uh, and like I have those feelings, I have those feelings too, and like and like you know like every there's you know many graveyards that I drove past by and I never had like that eerie feeling, but with that that graveyard. Mm -mm. I will not. I will not. I will fucking not. No, thank you, ma'am. Yeah. Um, Hard pass. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So yeah, that's fucking scary. Uh, yeah, that's that's scary as shit. <laughs> yeah, no. That mm -mm. gone. I would have been gone. I wouldn't been gone. Something's like, again, running I'm at white. me. Something's running. I'm I'm white. I would have been running. <laughs> Something's running at me across the pond. I'm not going to the car. I'm gone. You will not yeah. see me. <laughs> I'm gone. The fact of the matter is, is like the fact that they didn't run until the whatever it was was halfway down the pond. Oh no! Nah. And that's the thing. But imagine, imagine. Uh, to be honest, if something popped up and starts running, I probably would have just sat there and watched it. I would have been like, "What are you doing? What's yeah, happening?" No, I, I kind of feel the same way. Like your your body just stiffens, and I get that. Yeah, I'd be like, "What's um, happening? What's going on? What are you? Are we about to see it? Do a flip? Like, what's happening? You know, like." <laughs> Like what's going on? Yeah, yeah. Do a flip. The vanishing. <laughs> no. <laughs> Van gone, dude. You mm -hmm. wouldn't. I would run. I would outrun that thing. As tiny as, as tiny as I am, you wouldn't be able to catch me when my adrenaline's <laughs> up. Gone, bro. Same. Gone. I'm the same. Way. I'm the same fucking way. There's this one Halloween where I was a fucking middle schooler, and men are stupid. You like you were dressed <laughs> up as a middle schooler, or you were in middle no. school? I was in middle school. Okay, sorry. just wanted to clarify. <laughs> that's what sorry, that's creepy. <laughs> wanted to clarify. Yeah, oh, <laughs> um. Anyway, so I was in middle school and I was trick or treating with my friends and I was dressed up as a vampire. We're all Ooh. having fun and we went. We went to this house, this one house, um, and we trick or treated and like the guy gave us um some like candy and then there's this guy at the top of the stairs. He said something in Spanish and then my friend who spoke Spanish was like, "Dude, he fucking said like she started running right when he was giving us like um stuff and after that guy at the top of the stairs saying something and I was like, why are you running? And like we caught up to her and we were, and we were like, why did you run? She's like, he said capture them and take them into the house and I was like. Like, oh, gotta go, gotta go! My ass just ran on. So, like, um, my neighborhood, like, there was like an apartment complex, and there's like my neighborhood, and we ran it all the way back to my house. We all ran back to my house. Oh no! Nah. <laughs> um, 
I mean, oh, like there, nah. was, yeah. And then there was a motorcycle. When we were also in middle school, there was a motorcycle gang that actually followed us home, like try to follow us. And when we realized that he, they were following us, we booked it. <laughs> yeah, safe out, safe out there, fucking kids, man. God, people Yo, are I would legit be my pants. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, we we were fucking scared. We were middle schoolers. We were kids. Innocence so anyways, gone. <laughs> exactly. So my point, whole point of the whole point of this being, I when I run, I run. My fat ass, she can run. <laughs> You're not fat. <laughs> she can, she can, she can climb a mountain. She can run too. <laughs> I am crying. I am crying. One of my favorite things to do is hike. So. Could she kind of, could they could my fat ass legs get up that mountain? Hiking is yeah. fun. <laughs> I love hiking. Fun. I love hiking. It's one of my favorite things to do. Um, And Hyde Park in Santa Fe, where I used to live, is actually one of my favorite places to go to hike, too. Because, yeah, just beautiful place. Oh, I feel it. I feel it. Hello, it's Mimi. I had, unfortunately, had to re-record this reading for you all. Um, the first recording we had, unfortunately, cut in and out, but I hope you enjoy this article, and again, this article will be linked in the description down below. So I'm going to go ahead and get to it, just so I don't waste any more time. The Ghost of Marie Levieux's House, 1020 St. Anne, New Orleans, Louisiana, 70130. For those who want to go, in 1974, a live recording titled Marie LaVue, sung by country singer Bobby Bear and written by Shel Silverston and Baxter Taylor, made it to the top of the U.S. Billboard Hot Country Singles. Nearly 40 years later, Marie LaVue was again thrust was again thrust into mainstream American pop culture with the success of American Horror Story Coven, my favorite. Even though the series was plagued with historical inaccuracies, such as the non-existent relationship between Mo Le Vieux and Mad, Madame Delphine La Lorie, in the end, it was good business, something Marie Le Vieux surely would have appreciated. A long-standing rumor perpetuated by many tour guides to this day in New Orleans is that Marie was a hairdresser, despite the fact that there is no archival evidence that she ever was. Perhaps the explanation for this rumor is simplistic in nature. Perhaps it was a cover story used by some of the elite women on Marie's large client list, who may have been concerned about associating with the scandalizing voodoo priestess. Regardless, Marie would go to their homes to perform her tasks. While there, she would earn favor with the slaves by giving them charms, prayers, and even spells. In return, the slaves would tell Marie secrets about their master, in which Marie used this information to captivate or fool her clients with the incredible insights that the spirits shared with her. And she, of course, was always willing to help with any issue for a fee. With her unique blending of voodoo rituals and Catholicism, it did not take long before Marie Livio became known throughout the city as the voodoo queen of New Orleans. The history of Marie Livio. To comprehend the importance of Marie Livio, you need to start from the beginning, where she came from, how she was raised. Her story actually begins with her grandmother, Catherine, who was taken from Africa only at seven years old. Catherine was unbreakable and eventually brought her freedom out of slavery. Catherine became a businesswoman, owning her home and tirelessly working to have her five children set free. Catherine's daughter, Margaret, Marie's mother, was owned 
by her own father, which was a twisted case of reality during the 18th century, leading all the way up to the Emancipation Proclamation. Margaret was freed from her father at 18, but was then forced into an arranged relationship with an older, rich, white man. She had three children by him and tried to remain positive despite her situation, but she secretly wanted to be more and dared to audaciously wish for love. Margaret believed she had found said love with a man named Charles Levieux, who had happened to be the son of the rather important New Orleanian politician. Their affair resulted in an unexpected pregnancy. Their daughter, Marie, was born on September 10, 1794. A Virgo, just like me. Fearful of what might happen to Marie if discovered, Margaret made the hard choice to leave her daughter to be raised by her mother, Catherine, and then returned to her arranged relationship. Marie had a peaceful childhood, thanks to her grandmother. When she turned 18, Marie met and married Haitian immigrant Jacques Perry. Unfortunately, we know very little about this short time in her life, but one day, Jacques abruptly disappeared. Did Jacques die? Or was his disappearance more selfish in nature, perhaps abetting his new wife, Marie, in order to return to Haiti? Or were the circumstances behind his disappearances of more of a more unspeakable sinister nature, in which he was murdered? Jacques and Marie were married only a year, but we still know just a little about their day-to-day life as we do about Jacques Perry, ill-timed vanishing act. Reportedly, just before the year 1826, Marie met Christophe Geffon, a white man of French nobility, whom she entered into a relationship with. Of the approximate 15 children she birthed during her time with Geffon, there were only two surviving children, Marie Helouis Ertrurie Geffon, born in 1827, and Marie Philomene Gaffon, born in 1836. The latter of two would eventually continue her her mother's work and become a famous voodoo priestess on her own merit. But for Marie and and her relationship with Gaffon, they remained dedicated to one another until his death in the 1850s. And from all accounts, Marie never did strike up another relationship before her death 30 years later. She was dedicated. So, this article has a beautiful picture of Marie Laveau. Um, She is in a, tur- a turbot, a turbinet, I think it's what it's called. And she has a beautiful crochet, crocheted shawl across her face. I mean, not across her face, I apologize, across her shoulders. <laughs> so, the next section is her Congo Square. On Sunday, after the Mass ended, slaves were free from the rest of the day due to their religious... Sorry, due to the regulations of Code Noir, which translates to the Black Code, thousands of enslaved people and free people of color would venture to Congo Square, located in the back end of the French Quarter, in what would have once been wilderness and untamed swampland. There, they could trade or barter for goods and visit with family members who had been sold to other slave owners. They would celebrate with songs, music, dancing, and rituals till the night sky fell. Trained by voodoo practitioner John, Dr. John, allegedly an African prime prince from Senegal, Marie Laveau quickly became his successor, as well as the main attraction to the center of the square. She would lead in chants, sell cures and charms, gris gris, 
and gather intelligence like the NSA. You know, on the latest scoop on her elite clients, Marie was also known to walk around with a boa constrictor draped over her soldiers. The snake's name was Zombie, after, her, after the circus deity Lee Grand Zombie. Slaves were known to gather praise and shout, Queen Marie, Queen Marie, as a rally cry for all to hear. Marie welcomed her numerous wealthy clients to Congo Square to bear witness to the sacred rituals, charging them a ticket of sorts for consultations ranging from spiritual healing to herbal remedies to fortune-telling. Voodoo was a business for Marie Liviu, but at the same time she was known to be truly compassionate, as she would often visit the hospitals of the city and help the poor and sick with her remedies and prayers. Marie Liviu's house. Marie lived in an old adobe cottage at 152 Rue Street, St. Anne. The location is marked today as 1020 St. Anne Street. Legend has it that she received the home for helping an affluent man free his son from murder charges. It has been told that Marie had three peppers in her mouth while infusing them with her intentions. She then hit the peppers under the seat of the predecessing judge and then nailed a cow's tongue under the seat of the prosecutor, which apparently impaired his speech and left him unable to adequately present his case. The son was found innocent and Marie received her new home. This legend may be Irenus Irenus as it's more sorry, as it's more hysterically plausible than that the land was actually purchased by Marie's grandfather, Catherine, before passed, being passed down through the generations. Now we're getting into the nitty-gritty, which is the ghosts of Marie Laveau's house. About 1875, Marie became sick and confined herself to her home on Rue Street Anne. According to various newspaper accounts, Marie was so sick that she rarely emerged from St. Anne by the end of her life. The original Marie Laveau house was torn down in the year 1903, and the new structure was built on the same foundation as the original, making some believe that the residual energy from Marie Laveau still calls this location home. People have claimed to have seen her walking down St. Anne Street wearing a long white dress, her trademark tigon, a turban headdress, yes, that's, that's what I was trying to say in that picture earlier, <laughs> which supposedly had seven points folding, folded up into its rep, to represent a crown. She is the queen of voodoo, after all. Marie's spirit and those of her followers are known to still perform rituals at the site of her old house. One source even claimed one source even claimed that the rituals often include animal sacrifices for protection. The home is now used as a vacation rental. A few years ago, a couple decided to come to New Orleans for a relaxing vacation and thought it would be interesting to stay at the site of the old Levue house. Later, sounds of chanting and even drumming cut through the silent night, and the couple wrongfully assumed the noise was coming from outside. The husband checked outside to find nothing but the dead of night. Curious, he walked around the block and towards the park, but still find nothing but silence. When he entered back into the house, he came to the realization that the sound of the chanting and the drums was emanating from the living room. The couple, unnerved by the strangely eerie experience, decided they were not going to sleep there that night and promptly left. Upon returning the following morning, they walked to the center of the living room where the wife noticed a single pristine feather laying on the floor. The couple checked 
all the windows in the house, but they were all locked shut. Needless to say, they left and never returned. Now, a single pristine feather was Marie Laveau's signature object and is considered to be a great relic among voodoo practitioners. Feathers are believed to bring the one who discovered it great luck. On the other hand, if it had been discovered on one's pillow, it is said that the feather will bring you grave sickness or even death. According to the legend, this ritual involves the placing of a chicken's head onto the victim's pillow, and as time goes by, the hex takes hold, producing a single feather on the top of said pillow. One man recounted his stay at the house, recalling that he had just woken up from a nap when his gaze landed on a shadowy figure standing in the corner of the room, glaring at him. Another account comes from another visitor of Marie Laveau's house. She remembered walking one morning on her second night at the house, and suddenly she became frightened as she was physically unable to get up, as if someone was holding her down. Luckily for these two individuals, they did not find a feather on their pillow. The Death of the Queen of Voodoo As Marie grew frail and her hair turned white as snow, she began participating less and less in voodoo rituals and became more focused on her Catholic faith. She attended Mass daily and worked with death row prisoners, helping them to repent before they were sent to hang from the gallows. In Marie's final day, she surrounded herself with sacred pictures and other religions' relics. She died in June of 1881 with a devout trust in heaven. Marie's obituary from June 1881 issue of the New Orleans Daily Pecum, the predecessor to the Times Pecum, related. This is a picture of her obituary, and it states, Death of Marie Laveau, a woman with a wonderful history, almost a century old, carried this to the tomb yesterday evening. Those who have passed by Quant Old House on St. Anne between Rampart and Burgundy Streets with the high, frail-looking fence in front over which a tree or two is visible, have noticed through the open gateway a decrepit old lady with snow-white hair and a smile of peace and contentment lighting up her golden features. For a few years past, she has been missed from her accustomed place. The feeble old lady lays upon her bed with her daughter and grandchildren around her, ministering to her at once. Marie was buried in the family home at St. Louis Cemetery Number 1. The Haunted Tomb of Marie Laveau Of all the sites from around the world associated with voodoo, the tomb of Marie Laveau is at the top of the list and has become a focal point for tour groups. Visitors sometimes leave offerings at the site in the form of coins, beads, and candles as part of voodoo tradition. According to the one local legend, Marie Laveau's spirit can be invoked to grant wishes. First, you may begin by knocking three times on the slab, and then, only then, you may ask her for a favor. Another theory states that you must draw the X, place your hand over it, rub your foot three times against the bottom, throw some silver coins into a cup, and make your wish. A third source claims to receive a wish you need to leave offerings of food, money, and flowers, then ask for Marie's help after turning around three times and marking a cross with red brick on the stone. Marie Laveau's disclaimer. While you may have once seen carvings on the tomb along with red X, red X's and scribbled names, it is against the law. Even if you want Marie Laveau's help so desperately, don't succumb to ruining her tomb. You're much better off visiting her official shrine at the Healing Center on St. Cloud, just across from New St. Roach Market. In my opinion, don't ever deface um, a dead person's tomb because that is disrespectful, in my opinion at least. So, 
you know, and of course, it is against the law. <laughs> Anyways, going on, the encounters of the ghost of the Queen Voodoo. One infamous ghostly encounter took place during the Great Depression. As the story goes, a homeless man fell asleep at the top of a tomb in the cemetery. But shortly after falling asleep, he suddenly awoke to the banging of drums and eerie chanting. He happened upon the tomb of Marie, where he encountered the ghosts of nude men and women dancing around the tomb. In the center, it was Marie and her boa, zombie. A man named Elmore Banks had another experience near St. Louis Cemetery No. 1 in the mid-1930s when an old woman came into the drugstore where he was a customer. For some reason, she left the perpetrator feeling frightened as he quickly proceeded to run to the back of the store, where the woman laughingly asked Elmore Banks, Don't you know me? To which Banks replied, No, ma'am. The woman, angered by his answer, slapped him across the face. She then jumped up in the air and levitated out the door and over top of the telephone wires. When she passed over the grade where all the all to St. Louis Cemetery Number 1, she vanished into thin air. As you might imagine, Banks was terrified, and the sight of a levitating woman left him passed out cold. He was revived by the sir perpetrator who gave him a whiskey and informed him that was Marie Livio. The legend, the legacy continues with Marie Laveau II. After Marie died, after Marie I died in 1881, the Queen's lookalike daughter, Marie Laveau II, followed her in her mother's footsteps and took over the family business. Marie II looked so much like her mother that people in the city who saw her thought that the Queen had been resurrected from the dead. Maybe they said in hushed whispers, Marie Laveau was even immortal. Naturally, they wondered why she appeared so much younger with the vigor of her youthful days. Maybe she used Sander, the Sanderson sisters' potion to suck out the lives of the children, so that she may remain young forever. Sounds like a hocus-pocus joke, but there's an actual rumor at the time that Marie Laveau consumed the souls of her fellow New Orleans to regain her youthfulness. Marie Laveau II... Ever the businesswoman like her mother didn't mind the attention or the free publicity. But Marie II, unlike her mother, was rumored to embrace the darker side of voodoo. She was known to throw extremely wild rituals around New Orleans. She capitalized on her mother's success and grew her audience. Celebration on the Bayou St. John became the perfect venue for Marie II to perform. Marie II made sure that the tourists knew about it. Tourists can still be in the know at the Marie Laveau's house of voodoo on Bourbon Street, the one-time shop of Marie II. But St. John's Eve was different. It was a sacred, strictly locals-only event. St. John's Eve. The evening of June 23rd, the night before St. John's, the Baptist's birthday, St. John's Day, it is the most important date for voodoo practitioners. The night before Marie II would hold celebration on the banks of the Bayou St. John. Bonfires light, brought light to the dancing and prayers that gave thanks to the saints. This celebration still continues today and can be found alongside the Bayou St. John at the Man Mongolia Bridge across from Co Cabrini High School on Moss Street. If you attend the celebration, Marie Laveau's spirit just might materialize and she just might grant you a wish. And then um, it goes into visiting the sacred places of Marie Laveau. And if you would like to learn more, you can also consider taking a ghost tour in New Orleans. And this website also has um, a couple more 
haunted places in New Orleans that you could go to, and there's a pharmacy museum and all this other stuff. So one of my dreams is to actually go to New Orleans just for shits and giggles, and I want to go to um, Salem, Massachusetts, Salem, Massachusetts as well. So that's one of the main reasons why I wanted to talk about Marie Livio. And we can also be going into more stuff in regards to um, New Orleans and me, maybe even Salem. But anyways, thank you so much for listening. That's it's so crazy cool. to me. So, and now you got to watch um, American Horror Story Coven. And I mean, in the, like, it's like it's explained, it's not historically accurate, but again, like. The character is based uh, off of. Awful yeah, person. and she's a badass bitch. I'm just gonna say, <laughs> she's like a badass. <laughs> and which which American Horror Story set is this? American, American Horror Story Coven. It's based in New Orleans. Um, and then I guess they have, well, um, it says like in the article that like in the American Horror Story Coven, like she had like a little bit of a debacle with well, not a little bit, but the Mad Madame Delphine Lalaurie, which is again that woman who. Um, kills slaves and uses blood as um, makeup or you know facials. So, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, dude. That's wild. That's wild. Isn't you it? know, Isn't and I it? didn't even know. I didn't even know that that existed. I didn't know that she was. You know, she existed. No idea. No. Yeah. No. And I, when I heard about it, I was, um, because like as you know, I talk a lot about morbid. Like I, like one of my favorite podcasts. Um. Um, they were, I think they talked about, um, the Marine Le house and they talk a little bit about cryptids and things like that. And they talked a little bit about, um, in New Orleans and they mentioned Marine um, not because, you know, she has my name, but because I was like, wait, that sounds familiar because she's American Horror Story Coven. And like I said, like, I just want to visit New Orleans during Mardi Gras time. And, uh, it's like one of my dreams to go to New Orleans. Oh, yeah. Stay and then Japan. <laughs> oh yes. No, dude, for sure, for sure. That's crazy. There, and that's the thing is like there's so much. I love so I go to St. Augustine in Florida often. Mm. And I go I go on those those ghost, ghost tours and I know that we've talked about one of the the encounters that I had with uh, yeah. a young soldier, a young soldier boy mm. over by one of the forts and they were talking um I say soldier boy, he was not a boy. He was he was a man. <laughs> Uh, but he likes to flirt with the ladies, and I was like, "Yeah, this is hocus pocus, whatever." The my entire tour group, you know, walked away. My sister and I were standing there, and all of a sudden, my hair got yoinked, and I was like, "Yo!" I was like, "We gotta go." I thought yeah. it was her. I thought it was her, and she started dipping. I was like, "Oh, we're going." I was like, "Oh <laughs> no, nah. we are going." So no, but I you I, I love it's not red hair, Megan. <laughs> Apparently, he was like, "Oh shoot, let me get a piece of the hair." But uh, yeah, it's always it's always the redheads. Like it's always the redheads. Redheads are hot. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, but it's like, but you, but the reason the reason why you think that is because there's beautiful redhead anime ladies, and then in every single supernatural movie or show, there's always a redhead. There's always a redhead. Always. That is true, and I actually I do want to eventually dye my hair red too, like a chocolate brown. I say I have, like, do it, dude. Pink fade, pink and purple fade. I'll get there eventually. Um, I feel like that's a, it takes I a lot. I want to cosplay as Poison Ivy. Mm. Do it. So I might do her yeah. for Halloween this year. I haven't decided. 
Do it! You're gonna be a hotter poison. No, <laughs> no. I might do Kim Possible instead. I haven't decided. Oh hell yes. Or hell Kiko. Yes. Or I could do Kiko. You know, I'll get yes. a I'll get a, a black wig and live my best life. But Love it, love it, love it, love it. But who knows, but who knows. We are partnered with Dubby. Don't forget to use code EDMEG at checkout for those discounts. Our link is in the description. Thanks for listening in on the shenanigans. We will see you all next week. I'm Mimi. I'm Meg. Stay Stay golden. golden.